0: Zig coming in on the top. Today on the show, we have David Heatley, singer, songwriter, cartoonist, author, joining us for the second time. Um, He's here to talk about his new album, If... available now on all streaming platforms. Um, We talked to Dave about a year or so ago about his last record, and we dove more into his background and more of his written works. But in this one, we focus mostly on If... and on what's coming next. So, before we get to that, we're going to listen to a track off. If this is "Stop Wasting Love," the album is "If Dot Dot Dot." David Heatley.
1: Somebody else is pining just for them If we could all just turn around Stop chasing the ones who run away from us then well, we could turn around and face The ones who think we're great and want to be embracing us and Stop wasting love Chase. I'm tired of feeling tired of running in place. I'm tired of telling myself I got it bad. All because I'm convinced you'd be the best I never had. If we could all just turn around, stop chasing Why'd you run away from us? ¶ Stop love ¶ Stop wasting love ¶ Stop chasing love.
0: Stop Wasting Love. If. Dot 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 is the album, David Heatley, available now on all streaming platforms. Talking with David is always a great conversation. His multiple means of expression via art, music, and writing lead to a really insightful conversation about how all these different mediums cross and where they long to touch. Um. Like I said before, we talked with David about a year ago, so if you're looking for more of a historical background, check out our first part. Um, today, we're just focusing on If. So, if you guys can like, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast on one of the podcast platforms, it helps me keep talking to cool guests and sharing their insights with you. And without further ado, here's my conversation with Dave. So, uh, the jump into it, this new record, If, um, mm-hmm. what do you call it when you have a bunch of dots? Ellipses. If, ellipses. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Is incredible, and I think it's an, like coming from your last record. It's like more emotionally, like like it's diving even deeper and it expanded upon way from the last record. And this was all recorded in New Orleans, right?
2: Yeah, in uh, Arnaudville, which is like more Cajun country, a couple hours from New Orleans, um, and actually Brooklyn. I did all the vocals in Brooklyn. Okay,
0: so like, was uh, were you working with Dave Bingham? Or not
2: David Bingham. Um, ah, what's his
0: first name? Bingham. Mark, Mark, Mark. Bingham. <laughs> I'm yeah, he,
2: he, yeah, he was involved. Um, I, I kind of produced the record myself this time around. Um, but yeah, he was definitely a, a connecting point to a lot of the musicians. And, um, you know, a really essential ingredient actually was a guy named, uh, he goes by Dr. Jimbo Walsh down there. He actually did all the... Um, Arranging for like the strings and the horns, and I, I think that that's what made this record so special for me.
0: Was it definitely? It definitely changed the sonic like scape, like from mm. the first track. If I was like, this is like Herb Albert, like the yeah. horns, like yeah. are so well done, and like, yeah, it it <laughs> makes you know it makes that like the that kind of dreamy joyousness of like the the content of the tune and like or not well, that maybe the alluded to like it it was like where cuz what i love about what you do is you hit all these different genres in different ways and like mm-hmm. it's just it funnels through just you like mm-hmm. and i think um mm-hmm. you know like, like i i think listening through your discography and hearing like the uh the kids record and like hearing like um like this like not that they're all but your your last full length and like like a serious mm-hmm. focused bit it's, it's 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 interesting how like how all these different genres funnel through you in like in a way that doesn't seem like it, it doesn't seem like you're trying to do like oh reggae tune not that you do reggae tune but you know what i mean like it doesn't seem <laughs> yeah. like you're just marking it and hitting it this is and that's what i think is so endearing about about your work is it's just you but you have all these different mm-hmm. aspects of you that make sense mm-hmm. like or as a listener it's authentic
2: um, oh, it's beautiful to hear that. Thank you for saying all that. I, I really appreciate that. Yeah. Um, but like, I think that's accurate. I mean, I think you're right. I mean, music for me, music's amazing because it's basically a way of like encoding emotion. And so it can be like re experienced right. with someone else, like through the air. It's, it's so right. ineffable. It's so amazing. And so, yeah, the, the bedrock of each song is like, is it coming from a true emotional place in me? And the rest is sort of. You know what you then do with it, and that's why it's wonderful to work with other musicians with ideas and different producers because you know they can hear a direction for the song that you didn't necessarily hear and um, but yeah i I don't write like in any one genre, and I used to think of that as like a almost like a failing or like a limitation like, oh, why can't I just dial it in and do yeah. one sound per record, but I just can't i just these these ideas have come to me, and they're so disparate and they kind of need different approaches for each one so
0: that's that's just the way it is you know. well what I, what I think is interesting about that is like it's kind of like the uh the archetype thing of um in carl young right not only yeah. you, it's like the one the the shadow persona or whatever mm-hmm. is you and the kind of mask is the genre and like mm-hmm. we all experience the same emotions in all these different genres like just to pick on like reggae bob marley has plenty of love songs but so does johnny cash and like, yes, and yes. if we like, buck, it, like it's almost I th- I think more freeing to have like a lack there of commitment to genre. <laughs> like ACDC mm-hmm. can't put out a country tune <laughs> like without <laughs> everyone
2: losing their yes. mind. Um, yes, but yes, I bet they right. would love to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. And you wind up alienating your fans, and the lucky thing about my music career is like I just haven't really had a lot of listeners, and I'm just very free to do whatever the hell I want, which is, you know, again, it's got its frustrations, limitations. Like, of course, I'd love a a huge following for my music, but I do feel completely liberated. Just There's just no one I'm answering to in a way, but myself.
0: Yeah. And and that's cool because then it can be that full, like, I don't know if Herb Albert was the influence for that horn section, but I was like, I've never heard anyone use like a Herb Albert song (laughs) aside from Herb Albert.
2: Yeah. Well, I do. I do love that. I, I love him, and I I, love, I think Dion Warwick and you know rack was sort of the inspiration for for some of the tunes. Okay, specifically, yeah, I... yeah but that certainly that that era that era is definitely being about, you know.
0: Yeah, definitely, but, definitely. Is that like did you grow up with that that music?
2: Um, hmm. or was it around? My parents, yeah, my parents really did not have clearly defined taste in music it was weird I kind of had to find everything on my own I guess I would say I mean I really only got into Bacharach like a few years ago uh, maybe like five or six years ago when I was working on those Angel Numbers records my my uh, guitarist and producer Pete Gallup and and actually Dana Lynn who's a incredible violinist and she she plays in Broadway shows and stuff she um she was also like a huge baccarat head and a big Dionne warwick fan and so they were kind of exposing you to stuff like that and yeah there's there is um there's something about certain eras that like a certain emotion and a feeling is only possible to have been captured in that era and you can definitely point to it and evoke it but um it, it is uh it is a, a nostalgic feeling and. and um, yeah they're kind of it's funny how like certain stories and moods and emotions are available more available to certain eras than others in a way. yeah it's <laughs> very specific 70s like you know light fm sound that just like brings me back to childhood and like just works all over my emotions that you know you can't really fake it i you don't know, have to really channel it and not not just try and stay on the surface of it
0: I think that's really well said, and that's really interesting because there is, there is a certain like tone to an era that I think is only available post. It's only available in nostalgia, mm. or or maybe mm-hmm. it's only available through the filter of nostalgia in a way, because like mm-hmm. that sound itself, like w- it, like it it, it it is it is kind of bubbly, you know. But like it can mean so many different things coming from someone's personal experience. Is that yes. kind of like? was it supposed to be more of the joyous effect that you were going for?
2: Um, I mean, this, this record really came out of, I mean, I like to, I like to say this is it's the whole record kind of a self portrait of me when I'm in the throes of what I call like impossible love. So just those crushes as like unrequited love feelings and the longing is, is really like all these songs came out of that place. And, you know, it's taken me a long time to accept this about myself. I just, I tend to just fall in love a lot. Yeah. Um, um, There's a lot of muses out there for me and I get crushes a lot. And and instead of like pathologizing it or trying to cure myself of it, I sort of like decided to lean all the way into it and say, oh, what, what is there? What am I chasing? Who is this like mysterious female other that seems to keep reappearing in my life and various different people? And like, how is that really... You know, it's it's like I said, it's a self-portrait. It's a dialogue between me and my internal idea of this ideal female other, whoever she happens to be embodied by it at any given moment. You know, when you when you really own that and dialogue with it, you're much more conscious of it. So, um, and it's freeing. You you're not ruled by it. I feel like for the first time in life, I'm actually not ruled by these crushes. But this was a this was an album to kind of explore it and purge it in a way just like you know have my ha- take control and say like i'm actually going to control this narrative i'm going to tell these stories from my point of view and not just be whipped around by these feelings
0: mm. that's i mean that's like going through that because that kind of like the tune that stuck out to me like and really impacted me was a uh, stop wasting love and mm, like i think okay. that's like exactly I, I i don't know if that's uh, that after hearing what you said like i that makes so much sense what the song's about, you know, like, mm-hmm. but that's mm-hmm. a, because yes. with th- those are complicated things and like people are beautiful and there's like so many amazing things that people have that maybe they don't even know they have that they offer by mm-hmm. just being there. Right. And it's so yes. hard. Like the idea, like to, uh, I mean, limit oneself to only one, uh, monogamous type of thing. And like, mm-hmm. but when it's like, inspiration and inspired, like the idea of crushes and like the idea of like being so impacted by someone's presence that it becomes a muse is like, uh, and and when you're open to that too, is so enriching, but I can see where, I can see where it would lead to like a lot of walls and a lot of complications and a lot of, um, strange or un, you know, how the uh, unsure ways to handle different situations. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that's for sure.
2: uh, Mm.
0: I was gonna say, so that's a really powerful like exercise and and dedication that you did through this album, then to like confront and address that that thought process and those feelings, mm. because like
2: that's, yeah, I, I, sorry, it, it was it, well, I I love that you're you're keying in on that song because in some ways that was as I was kind of moving through the the grief of like never having this person and and just like the longing and then you know I think I think I got to the song beautiful ending and it was kind of like oh I'm gonna try and make peace with uh, just letting this go and then stop wasting love came to me as this sort of like exclamation point at the end just like you know what this so much of this was a waste of time like yeah I got these great songs out of it but like I really drove myself a little bit crazy in the process. And like, there's people who who want me that are available. Why am I running? Why am I running towards this person who isn't? What's the hook there? And how many of us do that? We just chase people who are unavailable. We drive ourselves crazy. They don't like it. They don't want it. Like, turn around and look. There's someone pining for you right now. Just to, you know, give them a consideration. So yeah, there, there was like some anger in that song and like taking back my own power. Like, I'm not going to be whipped around by this anymore. I'm going to, I'm going to control this. And like, I, I don't know if control the right word. I'm just going to be more present and like empowered in the face of my emotions rather than just controlled by them.
0: What do you think it is like that the unavailable, is it that some, that person is unavailable that you think that kind of makes them more, um, enticing than someone who is is it that kind of like longing to keep like growing and being inspired and moving from that that kind of makes Mm -hmm. the one like want to chase that flame
2: yeah it it is so it's so layered and interesting right i mean i think there's there's always the deep kind of childhood longing Mm -hmm. for for mother for as long as you can have her and it's never going to be enough there's always that like disconnection and like you need more and want more and so it kind of taps back to that original, you know, if you want to get like mythological or even biblical, like that sort of fall from grace, falling out of Eden, you know, you're, you just can never reclaim that, that moment of bliss when you're just like all your needs are met by this one person, you know, this, this mother figure. So when you, when you meet someone and fall in love with them, there's, there's almost like a, a promise again of that return to that place of bliss and you're going to be everything to me. And then for me, it seems, it seems to be like, I wouldn't be interested if there wasn't a flash of that, like if there wasn't like some warmth and some heat, but it's like what seems to have hooked me all these years was like the alternating between that and then coldness. And so, and then it it becomes that like, you know um, the rat who's getting the, um, the reward schedule that's not regular. And then it drives them crazy because they don't know when to expect it. And, you know, you just get, more and more hooked and so um yeah because and again you keep getting these tantalizing bits like oh well maybe now they'll be warm again nope they're cold uh, you know so um yeah that's and, and again there's a certain like uh appeal to that drama for a while especially like as an adolescent or something but yeah i just don't i don't have time for that anymore i really want to be like loved by people who love me it can be really consistent for me it's the homeostasis of comfort yeah and yeah and it's just um i I don't even know how to describe it It, it's like real love instead of um someone who toys with you and and like pretends or or plays with love it's it's the difference between someone who's like you know really committed and just like giving you love steadily and, and you don't have to be performing for it you don't have to be longing for it you don't have to be like Earning it, even it's just given to you. It's kind of a a a miraculous thing when when you find that, and I'm I'm lucky to have that right now. Yeah, that's awesome. Was it and like
0: that? That's I think that's well said. And like that's that's kind of the goal. Like I I hope most people reach. You know. Yeah, Uh, yeah. But it is in the context of the tune. It is fascinating how like you can be looking one direction and it's right next to you. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like yeah. Yeah. And like yeah. I guess like kind of in a writer's headspace or like someone who's taking bits of the world and like and looking at these bits and analyzing them and seeing the the kind of magic that's there like um, even like an out of perspective love song or breakup song is like fascinating to kind of jump into these two characters and try to like imagine what this scenario would be like. And I know this you this if doesn't seem like like that record. Like, but you know, there's a lot. I'm sure, like, uh, Dylan would say there's like three tunes and like love mm-hmm. and breakups, probably one of the themes, right? But like, to kind of mm-hmm. have that uh, empathetic, like, thinking, and that I think most writers and a lot of creators do, like, and like, even for like a sitcom or something, to jump in like someone's first relationship. Like, I'm guessing the person that wrote that is some exec that's probably hopefully married and doing well or whatever. But, like, mm. to kind of jo- be able to dive into that space, like, um, it makes sense, like, the, the idea of, like, the crushes and stuff like that would be, like, because um, you being open to, like, these type of, like, uh, inspirations and type of, like, empathy for these narratives. It makes sense that, like, it would lead to, like, um, confusion and, like, maybe missing the thing that's right in front of you.
2: Yes, yes, that's really well said. Yeah um as you know I'm also a cartoonist and and you know a a very influential person in my life back in my 20s was uh, the cartoonist Chris Ware and he had this great quote where he said you know art for him is not communication it's creating a place for the mind to go and I think of these songs as like creating a you know a box that I can open up and and go be in when I'm feeling a a certain mood and it's almost like I want to have enough songs with enough different moods. So when I'm in that mood, I can play that song and feel better and feel comforted. And so, yeah, I'm not always in the mood that I'm evoking when I'm writing it, but it's almost like I know that I'm going to want to inhabit this at some time. And this is the one that's coming to me now. And I, and I want to do it. Sometimes I'm definitely in that mood. When I wrote that song, um, I'm too sad to write this song. Yeah, I was just like miserably sad, like <laughs> miserably. And just like feeling that hopeless, like how can you even write a song when you are sad? It just feels completely daunting and pointless. even. And it really helped. It helped to write that. And then it, it's a great song to play when I'm in that space. And I, yeah, it is comforting. It's comforting to have your mind, like instead of like pointing it outward and like longing for the world and longing especially for this person who's not available, like you can create, you can create a space for you to soothe yourself and, and, and invoke, evoke, or even those love feelings that like, I'm feeling so in love with her. I just want to, instead of like sending her an email, that's going to annoy her or call her or something. <laughs> you just sing that song and it kind of like, it scratches that itch a little bit. Like you can just kind of keep it contained.
0: It's, it's creating that, that, uh, that, uh, comfort, that, a uh, mother, um, archetype through, through, a through song as opposed to a person I guess it's that's a that's really cool like and with a uh, with that tune in particular too sad like listening to that like I read it and I'm like oh man this is gonna but like this is gonna be a bummer but like <laughs> like that title like without hearing because I like to listen to everything before before reading about anything um and like I'm like this is a really catchy tune it's not like it's not like what I I mean it does it does have the so, uh, sorrow in it but I'm like the melody in the piano is so nice and it's not it's almost it's mm. almost that it not sad but it's a comfort it's like a, a uh, it's not like what I thought it would be when I read it it's like it um it's it's a very beautiful tune and not in the sense that it's like uh sadness you can relate to that it's like yeah. It's yeah. comforting. And it's I mean the sadness is there. I'm not I'm not saying that part sure. was missed. <laughs>
2: like but uh um, Yeah, yeah. No, I think it is there is a triumph that happens in the song. And I, I do feel like I I pulled that off in writing it, which is just you know like if, to to express how impossible it feels to write a song when you're sad, to actually write that song is a triumph. It's like, oh I, I actually yeah. did communicate that feeling. So there is some kind of even joy in that it's like um art art wins you know <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, it's it's weird because sometimes you're like, you're, you like you kind of you get in that space where like if i feel this way and i to get out of this i'll do this i'll for in your case i'll draw or write and like sometimes it, maybe more than sometimes when you attempt to do that when you're in that state it doesn't pan out you know and, like, so when it does, you're like, oh, my God, it worked. <laughs> like,
2: yes, yes. Oh, that's so true. Because
0: I find myself working with kids giving that advice a lot, and sometimes it doesn't pan out, and they're like, whatever. <laughs> like, <laughs> totally.
2: So, yeah, it's it, yeah, it's a discipline. Yeah, and it's a discipline.
0: And in that sense, it being a discipline is, I think, part of the stepping out of the way and letting that, that um, kind of – longing to comfort come through and finding that within the medium um mm-hmm. and kind of to build off that quote um is that kind of what a dancing inside out is reminiscent mm-hmm. of
1: mm-hmm.
2: yeah i mean that's certainly it's definitely a party song and and i think you know these these songs i wrote pretty much all of them after spending time in new orleans i think every one of them actually and and uh cajun country in louisiana and just being around these like really alive exciting musicians who you know I'm not someone who does music all day long these people are they literally will record in the studio with me and then have a gig that night and wake up the next morning and play some other thing and then a gig the next night i mean they just live their music and it's it it was just so inspiring to be around so i think that song dancing inside out is this like exuberant joy of like yeah i mean like like the lyrics say um you know, this is the greatest night, uh, feeling, feeling love for your friends, feeling lust for your crush. Like, it's just, um, it's the greatest rush. I mean, so yeah, it's celebrating that, that really heady experience of just being around people you love and you're out dancing or, or whatever, feeding um, off of all that energy.
0: What was it? Because like, there's a line in there with, um, uh, I can't remember exactly, but the, our molecules coming out, like...
2: yeah feel feel the beat when you breathe feel your blood feel your enzymes
0: (laughs) yeah yeah i was like but that's what one thing i love about what you do is like in all your projects there's kind of like maybe not the angel ones but may in like all the other projects there's a tune kind of like this in a different way you know like (laughs) and like i love that you're able to go there and like and like fully commit to this bit
2: and like it doesn't it fits with everything like (laughs) Well, it's so good to hear that it fits because i can't tell i'm just like i i I do love this record i love each song on it and when i listen to it i'm like listening to all the the other musicians too i'm kind of marveling like oh my god look where these people took this song that i wrote but um yeah i I can't it feels like it feels like an album to me but I'm, i'm glad to hear it
0: it hangs together for you too like a Living in New Orleans for a bit. How long were you there? How long did you just spend recording? Was this months or weeks?
2: Oh no, I was just down there doing basic checks for a week, oh, and then okay. Mark, um, you know, and then like Jimbo would write these parts in between, and we would record them with different musicians. Like I wasn't even there for some of these sessions. For most of the sessions, like if there was overdub horns or something, I would just get the the uh, the rough mix afterwards and stuff.
0: Okay, but while you were there, you got the experience like new orleans yeah
2: yeah i mean again not not as much as i would like i, I definitely want to go back and spend more time but uh, enough to to just feel it in my in my blood you know and just take it in and, and be inspired by it for sure because yeah.
0: it's just interesting because like uh I, i've only been to new orleans once and it was on, on tour with a band as part of the nonprofit and like mm-hmm. hung out at a women's shelter and we painted and fixed up this back porch and then went to the gig mm, and then cool. hung out late at, at the, I can't remember the, those desserts, those uh, pastries that. I um, Benying's. Or yes. Something, right? yes, yes. Yeah. Um, and like kind of just being there and being like, wow, this is so cool. Like, and it's, it's, it's interesting because music is so part of culture and like, when mm-hmm. you when you go somewhere where it's kind of celebrated slightly different like how you're talking mm-hmm. about it being so alive and like these musicians just doing it always and wandering everywhere like to be moved by that even just even if it's briefly is so
2: impactful it really is i mean there's nothing like seeing a place from the point of view of the people who actually live there so like you know going to my friend's gig and then Heard taking me to like a dive bar and staying there till 3 a.m. and playing the jukebox and these like local Louisiana people with their like you know hunting pants come in. I was just like, wow, I am down south right now. I am <laughs> not. I am not on the East Coast. I'm not in New York City. This is fucking awesome. It was really, um, yeah, it was really eye opening and fun and so specific to the place. And I'll always just have that, those memories to draw from.
0: Did you go, were you uh, bopping around with Lily Lewis?
2: Uh, not not as much her. I mean, she was like hanging in the studio and we've hung out in New York a little bit. I've seen her play here, but um, no, it was like uh, Tiff Lamson and and Julie O'Dell and um, Sarah Quintana. Those were kind of my, my three friends who took me around. Yeah, it was great. Awesome. Cause I,
0: I've talked with Lily and she's, um, very, very talented and an amazing singer songwriter, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, was also on your last Not record, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. No, she's she's a powerhouse. She's amazing. Yeah, I feel I feel so like beyond lucky that these people would play on my record. It's ridiculous.
0: Because uh, Lily did a clean clean living the last track. Hmm. So yeah, uh, she
2: sings on a few different ones, but yeah, she's the kind of most highlighted on that one. I would say. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. I feel like with the, with the instrumentation through all this, like, it, it, everyone's everywhere. <laughs> like Yeah, yeah, for sure. But, um, I, I guess the reason I wanted to ask about, like, kind of being in New Orleans and being around that culture is, like, on, uh, It's Midnight, it's, like, mm-hmm. it, it goes French, like, for a second, and I'm, like, that's a very, like, kind of New Orleans thing to experience, yeah. clearly the culture was impact there. Was that the intention? Or is that just kind of being there and being like, this would be cool?
2: Yeah, it was an intuitive thought. I mean, that song I wrote, um, yeah, I wrote it about how, even when you know someone for a long time, there's this like wonderful opportunity to like reintroduce romance and, and carve out some space for just you two and, and, you know, and and reawaken to like new dreams that you could have together. And, um, I knew right away I wanted Sarah Quintana to do all, like, the, the backing vocals. And I had in my head, I was like, because, you know, the the chorus is, like, enjoy a midnight rendezvous. I was like, oh, well, that's a French word. Wouldn't it be cool if, like, there was a little section where she's just talking in French and she's just, like, you know, we're singing oohs and she's just going, like, like kind of cooing in your ear saying this, like, sexy French stuff. And then it was her idea to just, like, well, why don't I just, like, sing... That chorus in French, I was like, that's even better. I love it. So she just sort of, yeah, it was a collaboration. She kind of like, she had a friend in France. She called while she in the studio, like translating over the phone together and working up the, it was just great. It was really perfect. Mm-hmm. But she really brought herself into that. Because she has, I mean, I'm just, I love her music so much. And she has so many wonderful songs in French. And so, like, anyone on my record, I really want to, like, have their essence kind of in the track and, and not, like, direct it too much, but really have them be free to, to play and occupy some space in the track, too. So that's what she did.
0: Oh, I definitely think it's there, because, like, it sticks out. And, like, but just like I was saying, it's, it oddly blends in, or not oddly, or perfectly blends in with the whole, like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: what is you of the record. Because, um, mm-hmm. like, like coming in with, like, a horn section like that, this doesn't seem to, you know, this seems perfect. Um mm-hmm. like, but that's, that's 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 really cool um i love that another yeah. i guess uh uh the mexican rapper that was on a uh, dancing inside out uh, emma ramos yeah 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 yeah. was that kind of the same process was just happened to be there or was that something that you're like this would be sick <laughs>
2: like <laughs> yeah um yeah i mean i gotta give credit to mark for that idea he was like I mean, he, well, we just emailed a while back when we were talking about the songs and stuff. And, and, uh, you know, he he often will just throw out, like, random ideas and, like, half of them don't pan out. They're just things he's, but he was like, you know, what about flipping it on its head and having a Mexican, having someone rapping in Spanish on Dancing Inside. And I was just like, I never would have thought of that. And then he apparently had a friend who, like, knew Emma and was like, you know, he sent me a music video of hers. and, And I was like, she's absolutely perfect oh and then by the way she lives in new york i was like what this is crazy and then like i emailed her and she was totally down and was was really honored and loved the track and then so she and i just had like a very fun few hours in the studio just um we we met first and kind of like talked through some of the spanish she could she could write for it and we were like finding phrases and things i don't really speak spanish uh, so she was having to tell me like oh this this would be a funny joke and this could be a double entendre, that kind of thing. And and I loved it. And then in the studio, we, a, a bunch of that was even improvised. Um And I kind of comp together like the best little bits, but I, I, her energy on that track is just out of this world. I mean, I love what she did for the track. I think it's, she's like an essential ingredient for that song.
0: Definitely brings life to it. And that's why I was like listening through it. I'm like, I don't even, like, because I don't speak French or Spanish either, and, like, mm-hmm. know very few words in, in both languages, mm-hmm. so I'm like, how's, how's Dave writing all this, like, I, it, you know what I mean, like, as a, as a songwriter and as someone who records <laughs> stuff as well, I'm, like, trying to piece it together,
2: <laughs> mm.
0: like, even just yeah. kind of, like, direct, and, like, I don't know, so that, it came off really, really well.
2: Oh, that's great. Yeah, it does. Like when when New Orleans is your muse, which it was for this record, or, or all of Louisiana, I mean, it is very, very diverse in terms of musical influence. It, it is a gumbo, you know, stew where everything gets thrown in. So there is plenty of Latin influence down there. So yeah, it's like if I'm going to take the logical extreme of like every song could have different genre influences, like, why don't we now expand it to languages too? Why does it all have to be in English? It just sort of intuitively went there and it, and it felt right, you know?
0: Yeah. And it's interesting. It's like interesting with the idea of language and music, like how similar and how um uh, uh, how a language can define the type of music, right? Mm-hmm. Like just because mm-hmm. of the verbal phrasing within the language changes the timing yeah. of like the structure of the music. I was talking oh, with yeah. um, these uh Greek musicians um a few mm. weeks ago and one of them play they play bouzouki, or one of them played bazooki. His name's Doc mm-hmm. Bazooki, and he's good at it. <laughs> he rips. And bazooki is like nice. a uh, a bigger uh mandolin if a and it's mm. tuned like a mandolin and it's okay. double strung like it, right? But that, nice. there's all these different like approaches with modes and it's all in nine and like um mm. when I was talking with mm. him he was like Oh yeah, I love doing this, and I also play in a bunch of bluegrass bands. And I'm like, how do you how do you adjust all that thinking,
2: all that <laughs> musicality
0: to like a bluegrass band? And his his response was, I follow the the vocal phrases. If someone's singing, mm. he kept going on the road again, <laughs> which I don't really find it to be a bluegrass tune, but it, I you know it mm. is. Sure, <laughs> like he's like <laughs> he was singing it. He's like on the road again. So then I'll play on the road again, and I'm like oh, so it becomes more of a a verbal phrasing like so some of That's our like fascinating right um...
2: yeah i love that because it does come from the same impulse i mean language there's tones in the tone of voice we have we have like upswings in certain words and phrases and yeah we're just pushing air through our lungs and and rhythmically you know saying these sentences it's true it is and and the fact that it would be different per country or per language. Yeah, of course. That would it makes total sense that it influence the music, but I never really connected that. It's really smart. It was. It, it's. I kind
0: of dive into this music language idea a lot, and like that. His example yeah. we made it so clear in a way. I was like, that's awesome. And like, yeah. So it makes awesome. sense. Like diving into like these different like uh, uh um this this culture mm-hmm. that is influenced by all these different the gumbo right all these other mm-hmm. cultures and like but when you mix all this together it's that. And that's yes. r- it's really cool to see it come through in different spots in you on this record. You know what I mean? Like from listening <laughs> yeah. to the last record. Um, yeah.
2: Well, I definitely have a very manic mode I can flip into and like dancing inside out is, is the manic track on that, on that record. And it's like, it's, so the idea of having Emma like rapping in like rapid fire Spanish, just like really ex- exuberant celebratory kind of, you know, these like channeling these um Spanish speaking DJs or something in Mexico that you grew up hearing like <laughs> it's so it's so perfect, you know. Of course you had to to go there, yeah.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but that that's energetic. You can't like I I it, whatever is being you feel that energy, you're like, Whoa, yeah. Like <laughs> Yeah.
2: Yeah, and she's and she's basing it off the track too. I mean, so she's we did have a propulsive kind of probably latin infused beat going and and it just makes sense for her to kind of add that icing over it but um yeah they they definitely inform each other
0: because another thing like working with mark like i talked with mark i talked with mark um a few months ago about his uh about his records he put out because he i'm sure Mm -hmm. and i'm sure the two are the the tip of the iceberg i'm sure this guy's got endless stuff because that guy's like yeah he he
2: has a new record coming out that's like unbelievable it's so yeah. good yeah i think it's called um is it kafka and bakersfield or something like that um okay anyway yeah it's like Sweet. i don't know really and, and like a lot of the same musicians he he's uh connected me to playing on his thing and 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 wildly different genres kind of like you know similar um we, we, what were we saying about him now oh yeah anyway, like i was gonna like
0: but yeah like well, working with him, like, and just talking with him, it was kind of, like, all over. And, like, really, that's, like, so working with him, I imagine, like, there's a lot of, like, how a lot of, like, uh, who knows what, because his genres and, like, his, just his songs, like, are structured in such a way I'm like, wh- where am I now? Like, you really have to, like, follow this mode, and, like, it gets you mm-hmm. to the point, and they're so well written in that way. But when he's looking at a project like, like yours is he kind of suggesting like things like that or is it more of like like uh let's try someone rapping in spanish is it more flavors or is it more of a structure direction from uh mark
2: yeah i mean i could say more about like the last record we did together because he was he was less involved producing this one but um it definitely is that i mean he for the first record we did together he like handpicked every musician on it and um and sometimes would even like, you know, write parts for them. Like he, he was very, very involved in that record. And, and you know, there was some of that this time too, but I, I did kind of take the reins a bit more. Um, but, you know, it, it, like, yes, I took the reins, but he had introduced me to all those people. So I didn't even know they existed before Mark, So I definitely, like, I owe him a ton. Um, and yeah, his ideas, uh, he's just worked for 50 years or something. He. He, he knows so. He knows every kind of genre. He knows every kind of player. He's he's got an insane rolodex. Like, yeah, it's an amazing uh, resource.
0: So through kind of seeing him do that on the first one or the last record, I should say, kind of like made clear what to do on this one.
2: Yeah, I, I think or of it can... like. Um, hmm. I think I think of it as like you know being a painter, and and someone exposes you to like oh here's a hundred new colors you could use instead of the like five you've been using or something it was a bit like that and then I, I watched you know watched him like mix the colors or something and, and do some of the painting himself and then I was like okay I think I get some of how to do this and and then you know I I just know my own limitations so it's like I'm not gonna score a horn section I'm gonna hand it to Jimbo Walsh who's like brilliant at it and of course he's gonna like I'll give him feedback but like I, I trust his ideas. So he comes up with something like way better than I could have. I'll have a demo and there's like some vague, you know, melody I'm singing or something. And, and he may follow a bit of that, but like a lot of it, like I said, making room for people's own ideas to, to take the song someplace I couldn't have taken. them.
0: That's, you know, it's interesting. Cause like, uh, with that, pro- like there's so much we're limited to as people and like, you know I mean? We can only like, no one mode of a thing, not really no one mode, but it it becomes really hard to know multiple modes of like one form of expression. So like to be like I'm mm-hmm. gonna score a violin, uh, a string quartet, <laughs> and like, but I also yeah. find so I always, I mean I think it's such a beautiful um, thing to be able to do is put that trust on someone else and see what they come back with because it's gonna be something yeah. you would have like never attempted to like piece together or grinded your skull just to get a mediocre version (laughs) you know yes and exactly the other medium i noticed that does that a lot is like comics as far as like Mm -hmm. having like someone do the backgrounds and the lettering and like it becomes one giant like thing that you don't really think is like uh multiple Mm -hmm. people but is Um, Mm -hmm. now as a cartoonist um do you do you work in other modes like that as well do you have like a guy who does lettering and stuff for your books
2: no no i i I did everything myself on those books but i relate to what you're describing because i'm i'm like an animation director and i um my one of the the big things i've been working on for a couple years is trying to adapt my last book to a tv series which would be like very collaborative i mean that would be like me maybe setting character sheets and like some indications of the backgrounds but yeah other people would be paying the backgrounds other people would be doing all the actual animation yeah i'd be directing more than uh than drawing so like yeah comics are my space to be like a total ocd nut job like just doing every job myself and labor intensive and kind of crazy making honestly I, I kind of need a break from it now <laughs> but yeah I'm, I'm, I'm way into animation and, and the same kind of thing like putting like you, you just hire really well you, you get someone you hundred percent trust and hand it to them and be like yeah what would you do and you know give, give enough direction to not to not make them feel like lost in the woods about it but um but yeah really see what they come back with and and it's so thrilling and then when you're watching it you're not just like with my own stuff I just I see all the flaws right away after it's done and I get sick of it. I could never like live with my own art on the walls. Um, but with someone else, like if someone else does a music video for me that I've, that I've directed, I could watch it over and over again. Cause I'm watching this person's like brilliance. You know, it's really, it's really fun.
0: Um, I'm trying to remember the tune. Um, the music video was like a ghost version of you helping the the girl across all these things was that yeah on your side yeah Yeah. um was that a something that you kind of directed or gave Mm -hmm. okay that because that's a really cool i really enjoyed that like that came out really
2: i I love making that video yeah the the um illustrator for that is a woman named olga stonda actually from ukraine um and she she actually co-directed it with me even so i had I might have a certain idea. I definitely had the idea of like the ghost boy and the girl and in the swamps of Louisiana. And I sent all kinds of references of the kinds of trees I wanted and all that. And I definitely had like, you know, point beats that we were gonna hit throughout the story. But um, I mean, so much of it was her own ideas, like these really beautiful little moments. And then we also, I hired this guy, um, Hadi Tabasi, who was in Turkey um, and he animated it. So then, like, he took her flat illustrations, which are gorgeous, but then he added all this, like, delightful movement that neither of us, you know, necessarily expected. And, you know, things like when the boy's, like, running along the log, chasing after her, and then he becomes a little ghost, a wispy ghost, and kind of, like, you know, sails past her to be in front of her. That was all him. Like, we didn't even have that in the storyboard. So, yeah. It, it's just great. It's great trusting people and and seeing what comes back
0: because like animation is so hard and like um it's so much more work. It's just like trying to pick apart a a, a string uh, mm-hmm. ensemble like there's so mm-hmm. many minute things that if you're a songwriter, you're like, I worried about the phrase I need to do and the chord progression I had like. Yes. Ah um yes. but it, it that came out beautiful and i'm excited to see if are you working with that same type of crew for your book
2: um well the tv series um we're like getting close to pitching it to streamers now so there's you know there's no guarantee anyone's gonna buy it but i do feel really good about the pitch and um it's like uh there's this company shadow machine they're in an la animation studio they actually did the um the Del Toro Pinocchio movie oh, okay. recently. Yeah. And they and they did uh like Bojack Horseman and Tuca and Birdie. They've done those shows. So they're they're an amazing studio. And they're they're kind of like uh on board now pitching with us. So uh you know we I think we have a better shot than than average to like get some attention, at least get a pilot deal or something. And my co writer on that is just a much more seasoned like T V person. So there's there's a lot of me like handing over the reins and trusting and and, yeah, like I, I feel like one person in the mix rather than, like, the, the lead on this, which is great. It's really freeing, actually. Um, it's not all on me. It's like we're, we're sharing the burden,
1: you know.
0: Yeah, well, because that that makes the, those emails that maybe don't matter as much matter super much. And you're like, oh, I'm overthinking everything because it's on me. <laughs> like, that's such a that's, – that's awesome that you have a team and someone who can help do – or even just communicate right. You know, yeah. maybe you know animators are looking for keywords that you didn't know they care about. Like, yes, I'm yes. sure you do, you but gotta, you know, what I mean, like, no, you got to um, learn their language to be able to
2: communicate for sure. Yeah, um,
0: because we talked about your last book in our last chat, and like, um, it's such a beautiful like, concept. And I think as an animated feature, it reach more of a, a wider audience and bring them to that. So I'm excited that you're doing that. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, fingers crossed. I really
2: hope it happens. Yeah. It'd be great to have the have TV series. It's very fictionalized. It's not, but it is ah. the same kind of like the guy addicted to 12 step programs and like his, his, uh, sort of crazy marriage. And, you know, it is based enough on my life, but it, it should be funnier and more fictional. <laughs> <hopefully>.
0: <laughs> Was it now like kind of rewriting that, in a way to hit those beats? Was that um, working with another person, or did you kind of like d- take that lead on your own?
2: No, I would say, I mean, I'm working with this guy named Adam Resnick, who um he's like an early letterman writer okay. and who did um, in the 90s or maybe late 80s. He did this show on Fox called Get a Life, Chris Elliott. Um, I, I just grew up like loving this show. So I'm, I was a big fan of his before we even met. and um, I would say he's like he's the, definitely the more seasoned like lead writer. He's he's come up with a lot of the the structure and the, a lot of the scenarios. I mean, we brainstormed all the characters together and like um, yeah. I mean, I'm 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 in there working with him, but he's definitely like kind of more the the head writer. I would say. Gotcha.
0: Did working with him like kind of influence uh, if in any way?
2: Ah, uh, hmm, it's a good question. I would say it was like really because he really likes my music, which was nice. It was surprising. I I would send him demos when I was working on the last record. And then when I sent him the final record for life, our own way, he really loved it. Um, so I I think just in that, it was a boost of confidence that, and and he's a discerning guy. Like he worked in a record store when he was younger and he, he has really interesting, weird taste in music. So it was very validating. I'd say, um, I don't know if he, he's got such a different sensibility for me as a writer. Like I feel like my my writing style of songwriting is, is so different from he's a comedy TV writer. But yeah, I mean I'm sure I'm sure there's like it's you never quite know how someone's influencing you, you. know. That's true. It's definitely
0: possible. That's true. Cause I just even to, I know it's a comedy write-up, but at least the the structure of like idea uh, um, it, uh, th- interesting thought. Blah 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 blah. blah Payoff. Uh, instead of mm-hmm. joke, you know, maybe mm-hmm. that equates somehow to like um, emotion. Uh, or mm. descriptor, 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 emotion. I, I, you know, I'm not a yeah. Uh, um, I'm not a comedy writer, so I don't know the the beats <laughs> like per se. But mm, right, I just that's that's fascinating. I love reading about writing, which is a weird sentence. <laughs> like. No, I know what you mean. Though I do too. Yeah, and like it's kind of like in. I guess in for for myself, reading about writing or reading about different ways to kind of come to these ideas is kind of like it's kind of like learning a new chord progression, right? It doesn't Mm -hmm. matter what chord it is. You know, it's a one four five, and like what's Mm -hmm. that? what door does that open?
1: Mm -hmm. All of
0: rock and roll. You know what I mean? Like
1: (laughs) yeah, yeah.
2: um, No, it's true. These tools matter, and and they yeah they do influence what songs you write because then you have different things to pick up as you're trying to express certain emotions yeah i mean i would say he's he's definitely a master at like really stripping things down to the to the bone and like what's really needed in this sentence let's get rid of everything else that isn't funny like there's there's a ruthlessness which i think is great and and i definitely had that on this record in terms of like there was like three songs that was very attached to that like I was like, these just don't fit on the record, so we're not using them. Um, so that kind of ruthlessness, I think, yeah, maybe affected me.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And like, um, and just and also to get like the approval of a record store guy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> like. <laughs> The that's, snooty record store guy
0: Yeah, the, the, you know like There's certain people you know That they're going to show you something Always that you've never heard of And that's why you go to them You go to them for mm-hmm. that that thing you don't know <laughs> yes, yes And totally. then you're like, yeah, have you heard of Jimi Hendrix? And they're like, whatever, nerd <laughs> <laughs> Totally you're So but, basic, uh, man I know, so basic, <laughs> Jimi Hendrix uh, <laughs> Like <laughs> John, let me guess—you like John Coltrane too? Okay. <laughs> right, right,
2: Well, this is the guy that influenced him from 1930. And blah blah. I yeah, you know. On this one
0: song that's on this B yeah. side that you don't have, like, you're like yeah. oh. <laughs> But at the same time that we're kind of put in our place with those guys, it's inspirational to like know that there's always more to find, and like, oh yeah, it's infinite. Yeah. It's a
2: worth lifelong pursuit, worthy of your entire life to study music for sure.
0: Definitely. And I and and I love seeing with you how it crosses different platforms and different mediums and how like mm-hmm. you can jump into being a cartoonist, making comics, making TV shows and doing designs for like uh for magazines and ads and make music and like it's mm-hmm. a beautiful through line that like is super inspiring the show that everyone has multiple means of expression and like they can all influence each influence each other i don't know why i stumbled on that yeah. word, but um that's why i'm always excited to talk with you dave and i really appreciate your time my friend um yeah man me too this is great with uh, as far as music's concerned i know this record's coming out um are you diving into something else as well is there more in the works musically
2: yeah, I actually have kind of like almost another another whole record written. Um, yeah, it's it's very different. It's um much more. You, you kept mentioning the word archetypal, which is very big for me right now. I'm, I'm a, a student of Jung myself, and yeah. um and yeah, and I I do I've been doing Jungian therapy for about ten years now, and okay. um so I would say these songs came from a very. Deep, almost like ancient place in me, and I, I feel like they're they're a little more like timeless folk songs than I've written before. I'm, I'm really excited about them. They're they're dealing more with, yeah, kind of archetypal, almost mythical characters rather than my my personal life. Um, they're still very emotion heavy and like emotionally driven, but yeah, they're kind of story songs in a in a real, you know, early uh, ancient. Uh, storytelling mode that i've never done before I'm, I'm excited That that's you know in a weird
0: uh i guess a maybe planned or unplanned way like if ifs kind of more like your personal like dealing with some of these like uh longing for the mother archetype like i guess going mm-hmm. to the cultural or the unconscious or the conscious archetype right that's that's the one everyone has the conscious archetypes like the uh the uh-huh. folk heroes and like those type of like um things that we see
2: through everything i mean i would say archetypes live in the unconscious but they you know you have a relationship to them so your conscious mind you you strive to like again not be ruled by them but to to dialogue with them so yeah sometimes you do embody that that hero who needs to go out and you know be ruthless and (laughs) be a killer or something. sometimes you're you've got a much softer like uh i don't know like the images coming to me is like a fairy with like a light touch in the woods doing magic or something, there's a, there's a trickster side of you. We all have these different characters. So yeah, I think it's like, you know, allowing them to talk to you, listening to them and then channeling them into a story or to a song. It's, it's just incredibly powerful. And I think, I'm just hopeful, like, you know even more people could relate to these, these new songs I'm writing now. They, they just feel, they came to me in this like really easy, um, peaceful sort of way. That's I'm exciting. Curious. Yeah, I'm yeah. excited
0: too. Uh, I'm curious <laughs> cool. as well. That's what I should say. Um if I guess for one last question, kind of on the whole like Youngian, um uh if this was like a the 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 hero's journey, where do
2: you think hmm. if as a record would fall? <laughs> it in some ways it's kind of like a dark night of the soul. It's sort of like like who am I uh in relation to the beloved, you could say, like who who am I specifically? Um, and I think as you as you know yourself more and more specifically, and you go deeper into your specific life, then I think you can pass over to a more, um, I guess some people say like objective instead of subjective. So like a uh, the objective truths that everyone can share, the universal things, the universal stories. So I I would say maybe it's a progression towards that. It's like um, really dialing into me and my interior life, my specific emotions, and then uh, hopefully journeying past that to something even deeper. Beautiful.
0: Well, Dave, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And I'm excited. I'm I'm hoping for this TV show, The Pan Through, and I'm excited for this (laughs) next record, my friend. Thank you.
2: I really appreciate it, Dave. This is a real soulful conversation. Thank you. Yo, Spike Spiegel here. You just listened to Zig at the Gig Podcast. Keep riding the Bebop. See you, Space Cowboy. Bang.